Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. I've got a great, great, uh, this is really going to be fun. One of the most interesting and insightful conversations that nobody is, has been willing to have. And uh, that is Changing Children's Lives with Hypnosis. It's a great book by Dr. Ran Anbar. Uh, but before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Benny, uh, Jacob, and Olivia. How's everybody doing? It does take a village, doesn't it? I'm good, Pat. Thank you. Yeah. So I'll um, speak for everybody. Apparently there. Right? I know you do because what they're I all do. like really, they're real quiet. <laughs> totally. I know I'm a big mouth so I can fill in for everybody. That's you just fill it right yeah, in. Totally. It's just like mm-hmm. fun. That's me. Uh, well, of course, Olivia is probably dying to say something, but she's our <laughs> silent partner in the whole scheme of things. Um, you know, one of the things I love is that just when you think you've been doing this for a really long time, some people say it's a really long time. I don't know that 20 years is a long time. It just doesn't seem like that. Um, But I'm always fascinated when I meet somebody like Dr. Anbar, who is, has looked through a different lens. And I want to say a different lens. You're going to hear why. And then comes forward with these beautiful collection of patients, healing experience stories. And, and the stories are of how events change and can change a physician's approach to medicine. Now, you've heard that from some of our hosts, Dr. Sharon, right? You know, Dr. Sharon, who is a medical doctor and a shaman. I mean, come on. We are looking at things differently now. But the question is really why? You know, what is it that has captivated the mind and the heart of Dr. Ran Anbar. And and what is it that now we are now able to reflect from the many different faces of children, many different faces of children? And why is it that we still carry some strange stigmatization around hypnosis? And that's what today is about. If you look at hypnosis and you look at how brilliantly it gets at layers. And we have done so many shows in 20 years on this to really change the perspective for people. But when you look at the end game, the result of what can happen when you're working with a professional and you're able to get at things that are so underneath so many other things, Would you all agree that we could be carving pathways to freedom? But how about children who have been pretty much left out of the conversation? Today, I'm excited to have all of you meet somebody that is not, and I say this again, 
not leaving children out of the conversation. And if you really go to the website, which we're going to send you to in a minute, you're going to be able to see stories. You're going to be able to see how reflection of change is happening. But, you know, Dr. Ambar is a board certified both in, in pediatric um, pulmonology, general pediatrics. He also offers, I love this. I love to be able to read something like this. Ready? Offering hypnosis and counseling at Centerpoint Medicine. So I love this. So I get to say, yeah, he's all that. And he's so much more than that. And the question is, how, what was it that, that this leader in clinical hypnosis, what is it that pointed him in a direction to help so many heal? Doctor, it's great to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I just love being a, and I only gave people a little bit of your experience but I always love to understand the backdrop of how people get to where they are and then how they write a fantastic book. I mean, the stories in the book, we're going to get to some of them, but the stories in the book are so descriptive. Everything from about talking about faith healing to so much more, but I want to know about you. I wonder if you were out there this kid playing in the park or something, you thought, wait a minute, I'm going to be this really amazing doctor. And by the way, I'm going to lead the field in clinical hypnosis. What do you think? Well, I didn't know that for many years, <laughs> uh, but I've thought back that question, how do they get started? And I'm told a story when I was five years old, I wanted to uh, go fishing. And I begged my parents to take me to go fishing. And finally, my father got me a fishing pole and we went fishing and I caught a fish. And the first thing I said is, put him back. And that, I think it was the first inkling I had. I have this respect for life, which later permeated uh, through medicine and then hypnosis. Um, when I was eight years old, I was living in Israel. And I was in the city of Tel Aviv, which is a major city there. And I remember walking by and this gentleman had caught some birds, wild birds, and selling them for a dollar each in, in Israeli coin at the time called lirot. And I asked my mother for the allowance my allowance for the week, and I bought two birds, and I let, I let them go, and just setting things right, and that sort of is, as a child, I think that's what echoes now in what I do with kids. Yeah, and you know, isn't it interesting how we look at those things, and how we understand or have a better understanding of who we are, you know, it's fun to be able to really have a conversation with you today in real time, right? Because, right, what do we have here, right? Have this fantastic book, which obviously to me, this has been a labor of love. I mean, labor, labor of love, but it must have taken so much to be, to be able to respectfully represent these stories. What was that like for you when you've gone through this and you thought, changing children's lives with hypnosis, a journey to the center. I need to help people understand the center. What was, what was your thinking there? Well, you say the book was a labor of love, which it, it was. And the purpose of the book is to share with people um, what I've learned helps children through hypnosis and for people to become aware of it. And then um, hopefully seek to use hypnosis for themselves and for their children. However, 
the book is based on my practice. My practice is labor of love. I, I, every day I come and I help uh, children get healthier, help them help themselves become healthier. And this is the true labor of love. And the book is an outgrowth of that. So to be able to share that um, is an extension of what I do day to day. When you think about what you do day to day, I want to ask you this question because this is a book of stories. And when you think about what you do day to day and the work you do day to day and the lives that you're changing and transforming every day, I mean, I do this every day and people ask me about it all the time. They say, is it kind of like, did you ever just like by route now? Are you just like, and I'm like, no, every conversation I have is eye opening. Like I have never seen 20 years, thousands of interviews. I've never had a conversation about what you had in the book. So it excites me. I want to ask you this. As you went through and you pulled all this together, all these stories, you had to have your heart open. But I would love to know how putting this together, how you changed. Now, it's very difficult to work day to day but then to be able to reflect the lives of so many, I just wonder what your transition was like. Well, every time I meet a new patient, it's like a new chapter, a new story. So um, again, my day-to-day practice is sort of reflected in the book. So when I, I met today, I met two new patients and they told me their stories. And then I told them, Hey, you can change your life if you choose, because, um, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, and if you can improve, if you want to improve with or without hypnosis, and I tell the child, you have a chance to change yourself. Um, over the years, I've run into some children who've had remarkable stories, and I've told their stories over and over again to future patients. Um, so the stories in the book are stories that I often use as part of my practice. Uh, for example, a child with a vocal cord dysfunction, which is a condition in which your vocal cords close when you're trying to breathe in, so it's hard to breathe, and it happens because you're stressed. Um, as a pulmonologist, I would see children with vocal cord dysfunction twice a week. Wow. And I would tell them, hey, I've seen this before, and children have learned how to calm themselves uh, through hypnosis, and then they get better really quick. Vocal cord dysfunction is one of those these diagnoses that can you can overcome in one session of learning how to regulate your emotions. And so um, I tell the stories over and over again. So putting them in the book was just part of what I do day to day. Yeah. I mean, what I love about this is that I think when I think about the stories, and we're going to get to the stories when we come back from break, we're going to really talk about why these stories are so important. Because while they're really amazing and interesting, they drive a point home. And the point is the journey to the center, isn't it? That's correct. So each of us, I believe, has the solution for our issues in ourselves. As in my role as a physician, I think I need to help a patient help themselves. And this is actually true in Western medicine. We just don't think of it that way. So for example, if you break your arm and the doctor puts a cast on it, who heals the bone? 
The patient does. The patient's body does. And what's the role of the cast? The role of the cast is to stabilize the arm, if you fracture your arm, until the bone heals. My role is the same as a counselor. I help stabilize the patient and let the patient heal themselves. And I also help the patient realize that within them, in their center, is the answers they need, and then how to access that answer, and then how to use it to heal. Healing children hypnosis. Let's just take those three words. Healing children hypnosis. This is your life's work. This is amazing. I would love to know from you when we come back how you discovered this pathway to healing and how hypnosis is how we are able through hypnosis to really get at some core issues. And this is so important because imagine if you're a child, right? especially if you're me as a kid and you got all the issues I had, just saying. I was very fortunate to have some very good people in my life help me. But I've often wondered, what if we had what we're talking about today? How many children's lives would be different as they grow up? When we come back, I want to hear what your vision was for this. And then we're going to share some stories because some of these are fascinating. But you are someone that hasn't just written a book. You live, you breathe this, you teach this, you share the word around it. This is not just a part of your educational profession. This is a soul journey for you. When we come back, we need to really get underneath the center of Dr. Ed. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Imagine what it would be like to turn your pain into purpose. Tune in to Transformation with Martinet every second and fourth Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Martinet and her guests are here shining their lights today through empowering stories of hardship and transformation. Begin to see your life in a new light. Visit MartineEmmons.com and tune in every second and fourth Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific to Transformation with Martinet. You're driven, and it totally shows. Your career is taking off, you're killing it in the mom game. But did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to the Boss Up Babe radio show, where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up, and thrive. Every second and fourth Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365dailyhustle.com. Illuminate your inner framework now with Shelley Hoffberg and Stephanie Salt on the show Intuitive Diagnostics on Psychic Horizons. For you to find the keys to your highest path, it is vital that you see what is happening within your inner metric of you and those around you. They'll help you utilize soul architecture so that you can unravel the highest plan of life actualization for you. Manifest your unique life mission now every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. We figured by the time we turned 50, we kind of had life figured out, but we were not prepared for the realities of midlife. Tune into And That's When I Realized, the truth and comedy of midlife with me, Susan Dolce. 
and me, Leon Dyer, every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You're not alone in these challenges, and sometimes you just gotta laugh. Find us at SusanDolce.com and LeonDyer.com. Have you known that you're on a soul path, but often wondered why you don't have the insight of how to go from here to there, or whether or not what you're doing is going to take you to where you want to go in your soul's journey? Damayante is the show for your soul. Damayante speaks to your soul, connects with your soul, and shines a light for your soul. Damayante, the show for your soul with Sarah Main, brings you insights and a pathway to your soul's journey on TransformationTalkRadio.com. When trauma is stored in the body, it can subconsciously affect and determine our life experience. Learn how the mind connects with the body and how you can pursue your own healing and growth so that your line shines brighter than ever. On the Law of Attraction Traction with host, my mom, Kareen Beerfield, every third Tuesday of the month at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To learn more about Kareen and her services as a holistic heart-centered counselor, visit KareenBeerfield.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Um, I, those of you that are listening to the live stream, you heard me talk. Um, you, turned, you heard me talk with Dr. Enbar for a minute here about why this, it's not just the book. It's what he's doing. It is a beautiful way to integrate teachings. Some teachings are ancient. Some of them are very contemporary, but there's something about what he is doing that has been taboo for a really long time. And here's what we're saying. Our children in the world we live in today, and this is, you know, Dr. Anbar is, he's a published author. You know, he's just writing articles. He's writing books. He's right. He's getting the word out. But at the core of this, there's a reason why he's doing it. Um, Dr. Enbar, I want to make sure people know, one, how to get a copy of the book. But I also want them to find out about you. Can you send them over to Centerpoint, I guess? Is that the best place? Centerpointhypnosis.com is where they can find a copy of the book. Also, DrAnbar.com, D-R-A-N-B-A-R.com. Okay. Now, here's what I want to say. When you go to really take a look at this, I love the fact that you will see how hypnosis works. And we're going to talk about this today. And we're going to talk about why this is so powerful. You know, doctor, let me ask you this question. Um, During the break, I was telling you that this is... This is a critical approach whose time has now come. I don't think that in our world, at least in my lifetime, we have gone through the last five years or so, and even maybe longer, but definitely the last three, where up was down, down was up, left was right, right was left, and our children were muddled in the middle. Um, And I want to ask you this question. There is a purpose for this. And I would love for you to talk about this purpose of journeying to the center and then what that really does mean to help us understand the healing power of what you've got in this book. Well, that's a, a large question. Um, so uh, purpose implies that there is a um, 
overall meaning perhaps to the universe, which I, I subscribe to. I see evidence for that every day uh, through my patients. Um, I think that learning about how we can help ourselves is should be part of our each of our lives' missions. Um, many times, uh, children don't understand, and people don't understand that uh, solutions can be found from within, especially in our Western society. Oftentimes, we ask the solution to be somebody else to solve things for us. If we have a problem, we want the doctor to prescribe a pill for it. If we have a trouble studying something, we want the teacher to tell us how to do it. And yet, truth be told, people get better because of things they can find from within. So the journey to the center is a journey we should all be on. Um, certainly, I've been on that. You asked earlier about how did I become a healer, and that's actually, that was a journey for me as well. Um, I became a physician because I wanted to help people, um, but I, I was trained in Western medicine, and uh, I learned to be a doctor, and doc to doctor something means you do something to somebody else. Uh, when you're a physician, you treat the physical, the body, and as I moved forward in my career, I realized there's a lot more to medicine than uh, doctoring or treating the body, because you also need to treat the mind. Um, I, I learned about the mind um, as an important part of healing when I ran into my uh, very first patient I did hypnosis with, who was ver very allergic to milk products, and so allergic, he twice almost died from eating milk products. And he came and told me that uh, when I smell cheeseburgers, I develop asthma attacks which was a rather strange symptom. And then I asked him to imagine eating a cheeseburger and he developed an asthma attack in front of me. And at first I was frightened. Is he going to have really trouble breathing? I told him to stop it and he did. And I thought he was kidding me and he didn't. He wasn't. He said I couldn't breathe. And that was my first inkling of the mm. potential large impact of psychology on the health. And if you can think your way into illness, you can think your way out. So as my career progressed and I started working with this young man and others, um, I realized I was doing more than being a doctor. I was being more than being a physician. I was being a healer. Yeah. I'm Jewish. And in Hebrew, the, the word for doctor is rofe, which means healer. And I think that 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 is more appropriate to what I do. And another thing connected with Judaism is the word for breath, neshama, yeah. It's the same as a word for soul. And I'm a lung doctor. And then I realized, so many years ago, everybody said, well, I'm really a soul doctor. Yeah. And this was actually before I learned about hypnosis. So hypnosis just fits into this. Yeah. That's why I asked you the question about your soul, because intuitively, it's so hard for me to imagine, you know, a professional, a man, like you with such an open heart, such insight, not being both healer and soul directed. It would be hard for me to read a book like this and just have you show up as doctor, right? And that's what I love about it. But there is also so much healing power in this. How would you describe the healing, let me just say potential, the healing potential that most children are not afforded because this is not available to them. It's not even presented to them. 
but based on some of the stories you prevented, you, you presented and what you've seen in your practice, the potentiality to heal some things that would otherwise go unhealed is that's for me, that's really the bridge that I'm seeing, right? What are your thoughts on that? Well, my thought is that every child with chronic symptoms can benefit from self-healing, from self-hypnosis. Every child, and we're talking about more than half the country or half the children, chronic symptoms meaning chronic headaches, chronic stomach aches, chronic anxiety, um, long-term depression. And the reason every child can benefit is this. If you have symptoms for a long time, then your psychology gets involved. Maybe you get anxious about it. Maybe you get depressed about it. Maybe you get worried that the symptoms will cause trouble. That's a normal thing. If psychology is involved, that means that you can change your psychology and react differently. So that's why even if you have a medical illness like cancer, for example, or asthma, or inflammatory bowel disease, all those illnesses have a psychological component. And by teaching children how to address their own psychology, which does not take a long time, it's two or three sessions, not a big deal, they can have great improvement in their symptoms. And then there's a whole large minority of patients for whom the psychology drives the symptoms, the psychology is the cause of the symptoms. Classic examples, children with stomach aches. I saw a young lady today just for the first time who had stomach aches for years. And she had a lot of things going on in life. And the stresses in her life caused the stomach ache. A common one is child is bullied at school. They start having stomach aches. And when you help those children learn how to control their reactions, because remember, reaction to stress is psychological. When children learn how to control their reactions, their symptoms go away. They resolve. Whereas medications don't help because medications don't help the bully, right? So they might make you feel a little bit better, but doesn't resolve the issue. So in medicine, one of the big things to do is you want to identify the root cause of a problem and address it. With hypnosis, not only do I teach children how to calm themselves, but I also teach children to understand themselves better so they can ask themselves, what is really causing my symptom? And then addressing it. So in the case of the bully, the bully, my fear of the bully is causing the symptom. And so I can then resolve it either by learning how to become braver or telling my teacher who's going to deal with the bully or even transferring to school in, in the worst of scenarios. But you have to deal with the bully in order for the stomach to go away in this example. You know, as I think about this, um, I, I, I'm really wanting to share some of the stories with our listeners and really talk about, from your perspective, what you've seen. You know, they don't have the benefit of having the book in front of them. They don't have the benefit um, of some of the questions that have gotten asked and some of the answers that are in here and some of the dialogue that is in here. Um, and... I was so thrilled to go on in the book later to the to 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 four chapter four, I guess, or part four, the power of spirit. See, that is to me, that is the tipping point. Uh, Jung talked about spiritual experience. He wished he could have done more. 
it's often hard to have a conversation about this level of transformation without being a little bit all-inclusive, isn't it? That's correct. Yeah. I want to take a short break, Benny. When we come back, we're going to share some of the stories, but we're going to talk about why some of these elements are important. Why is the power of spirit important? You know, what is it about that that can elevate us beyond perhaps even our mind, beyond possibly what we can even imagine? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back, everyone. Have you heard about shifting the collective vibration and consciousness on the planet? Join me, Kimberly Barrett, on the Sharing Love and Light show every first and third Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern at TransformationTalkRadio.com to explore the depth of vibration and consciousness on our planet and learn how you can shine your love and light. To learn more, visit SharingLoveAndLightShow.com. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Tune in to Knowledge Book Radio with host Marge Patasek the fourth Tuesday each month at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Through many experiences, Marge was led to the Knowledge Book, a gift to humanity in its transition to the golden age that provides truth and answers. She now shares information from the Knowledge Book with you monthly on TransformationTalkRadio.com on Knowledge Book Radio. For more information, visit USA.TheKnowledgeBook.net. Tune in to Awaken Your Magic Within, reveal unconscious systems to discover your unstoppable freedom power. Join me, Tracy Lynn Wallace, on TransformationTalkRadio.com the first Tuesday of each month, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, to gain insight, direction, and tools to uncover limiting beliefs. Get ready to step into your unstoppable power to discover and uncover your magic within. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. I'm really, I just want everybody to know this, the stories in here are significant. However, there's another part to, you know, Dr. Anba's book that is also important. And that is the structure. That is the way he lays this out so that you can see 
that there are so many different dimensions of healing, but beyond healing and what we know as healing and what we call as healing, there are so many other things. For example, there's a power of hypnosis that we're going to talk about in a minute. Then there's also our words, our language. And, you know, he goes through and talks about that. And of course, he doesn't leave the subconscious out, nor does he leave out the spirit. And so in each of these parts of the book, you get to read about stories. You get to read about a cough named Bob, or you get to read about dreams of wolves. But these are real stories. Doctor, it's so great. Again, would you let folks know how they can get a copy of the book and how they can find out more about you as well? Uh, to find out more about me and get a copy of the book, they can look up centerpointmedicine.com, C-E-N-T-E-R-P-O-I-N-T, medicine.com. Also, they can look up Dr. Anbar, D-R-A-N-B-A-R.com. So I want to talk a little bit about a couple things, and especially about the fact that you've included some things in this book that are insightful. But I think we should take a moment and really just kind of recap how we got to this point where people think hypnosis is one thing, and yet all of our ancient, our history around this really shows and demonstrate it, it's, it's a powerful tool. But yet it goes into our pop culture, it goes into Hollywood, and there we are. Yeah, I bet you've had to battle this. Absolutely, especially with parents. Children often don't haven't heard about hypnosis, so they don't have as much baggage. But hypnosis, mostly thanks to Hollywood, has a bad reputation out there uh, among a lot of people. Uh, it seems to people can control your mind with it. People think that, or that an evildoer can take over your mind and make you do things you don't want to do, and that you can you will do things against your will. All that is untrue. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. The only mind control in hypnosis is you controlling your own mind. Nobody can make you do things against your will. And what hypnosis is, is a way of thinking in which you can become more suggestible. You can accept therapist suggestions. You can accept your own suggestions more easily. So for example, let's say I'm working with a child uh, who is afraid of going to the dentist because of pain. And if I said to them, well, make your not Make your mouth numb. They say, huh? I can't do that. But if they're in a state of hypnosis, if they've learned to relax with hypnosis, and I say, allow your mouth to become numb, it can become numb. They don't, they don't reject it. That's the hypnotic state. You're able to accept suggestions more easily. That's in a nutshell what happens. You know, I want to ask you a question, and maybe you can share this. Um, we're now moving to a place where we're really having a conversation about this and your book really touches on this about the meaning of this and, and the approach, let's just call it the hypnosis approach that was used way back. And that's really what we need to bring forward to explain. This is not something that popped up yesterday. This is, this is used by indigenous people. I think you and I were talking about Egypt, you know, give us a little backdrop about that because I've often thought, you know, if those folks didn't use some of the healing approaches we're talking about today, I don't know that we'd actually even be here at some level. It's interesting. So we talked about the dream incubation uh, centers in Egypt that people would get uh, insights through that. Um, there's some thought that 
people who are gifted in hypnosis, because some people are more skilled at it than others. And I'm talking about the patients, not the healers, although healers also need to be uh, gifted in how to communicate the hypnosis. But people are very responsive that perhaps they had a survival advantage that if they worked with a shaman, for example, and they healed because of it, they are more likely to survive. And so the genes that make us predisposed to do well in hypnosis are the ones that are passed along. And maybe this is why people are open to being guided with hypnosis. So it has an ancient history, I think, is maybe the earliest use of hypnosis was in the book of Genesis when uh, God made Adam fall asleep to take out one of his ribs. How did he make him fall asleep? Maybe it was hypnosis. It's been around for thousands and thousands of years. Mm. You know, this really leads me to the point of why we're having a conversation and why you wrote a book. You obviously have had the experience of seeing how powerful and powerfully hypnosis heals. I want to take a moment. Um, are there any stories in here that you would like to share where you almost did a second take? Uh, honestly, for me, almost every one of these, I'm doing a second take. But I would just like to know from your perspective where it really hit the core of why this is a powerful, powerful, powerful approach. Yes. So um, I told you about my patient who developed an asthma attack from smelling a cheeseburger. His name was Paul. And uh, with him, I, as the, he's the patient I first started doing hypnosis with. He, I wanted to send him to a psychologist who could teach him hypnosis to teach him to control his reactions that led to his breathing problems. And he didn't want to go see a psychologist. He wanted to work with me. And under the supervision of a local psychiatrist, I started learning about hypnosis. And I, I read about it, and then we, I would practice with Paul. And one of the things I read about was interacting with the subconscious through something called idiomotor signaling. And that uh, method, uh, patients' subconscious can be taught to move their fingers to respond yes or no to questions that the therapist might ask. So I did that with Paul, and I asked the subconscious some yes or no questions. And very quickly, I got tired of asking yes or no questions, like playing a game of 20 questions. It can be tedious. And I asked the subconscious, would you talk to me? And he said, yes. So the next time we met, I was going to talk to a subconscious for the first time. And I was very, very excited. I knew about Freud and Jung, about their ideas of subconscious. And I prepared a list of 50 existential questions that I read to Paul, um, to his subconscious. Questions like, what is love? Uh, what is, who is God? Have you been to heaven? Um, what is music? Like, really tough questions. And then I asked his subconscious all those questions, and he had answers with no hesitation to every single question. The only question he didn't get quite right is I asked him if he could channel my grandmother who had passed away, and he said he could not. Although I have met patients subsequently who have said they've been able to channel people who have passed. When he came out of hypnosis, he had no recollection of what had happened, which is typical when you interact with the subconscious. So if you do standard hypnosis and relax, you'll remember what happens. But if your subconscious gets involved, you often don't remember. It's sort of like the experience you might have when you wake up from a dream. You, first, you remember the dream and it fades really quickly because the dreams come from subconscious as well. So when he came out of hypnosis, I had no recollection of the subconscious uh, answers. I asked him the same questions again. And he gave me different answers, much more superficial answers. For example, when I asked him about his subconscious about love, he gave a very profound answer about um, how, how um, a poetic answer, I can't even repeat, a very, very poetic answer about love. When I asked him the same question 
when he was out of hypnosis, he started giggling. He said, well, I've never been in love. I'm not really sure. I can't really tell you. And the difference between the subconscious knowledge and wisdom to the conscious knowledge and wisdom was striking. And that was an aha moment for me. And I've seen that repeated over and over again. And remember, the subconscious is within each one of us. So by teaching kids to access the subconscious, you teach them to access this great source of wisdom and intelligence that they didn't realize they had. And that's probably the most profound thing I've learned. That is, it, it is a profound thing, but also there's such enormous opportunity for transformation in that too. And isn't that really, you know, that discovery or that knowledge or that insight or that revelation, let's say, it really puts, can put children in another trajectory, right? Correct. And, and I've, I've continued to learn. And recently I've come up with this idea. So I want to share this with you about the power of the subconscious. So I don't know if you're familiar with the term idiot savants. It's an old yes, term. Yes, I am. It's pejorative these days. But this is referred to uh, people who are born with mental challenges, but they have a savant ability, a brilliant ability, maybe in music or math, or they can tell you what day of the week any date in history was. So um, nobody could quite explain how these people come to be. But then there's another term called acquired savants. And these are people who have developed a left brain injury and F, like through trauma in war or something. And after that, they develop a savant ability they never had before. Suddenly, they might be gifted in math and music, which they never had before. And uh, scientists and physicians say, well, the reason is that the left brain must have suppressed the savant ability. And that never quite made sense to me. Why, whether you believe that God created us or that we're a product of evolution, what would be the purpose of having a savant ability that's suppressed for your entire life? That doesn't make sense to me. It would take a lot of energy and a lot of work to get that ability if you never can express it. So I have a different idea. And this is an idea. It hasn't been proven, anything like that. I think that um, the right side of the brain, which is a lot of the subconscious work takes place in the right side of the brain, um, has a conduit into the universe beyond. I believe that um, when we pray, we pray through that conduit on the right side of our brain. I think when we get insights, or if people say they've seen spirits, it's through that right conduit. And I believe the left brain suppresses that conduit. And that when the left brain gets injured, that conduit is open and we are able to develop savant abilities, for example, by bringing things in from outside of ourselves. And I also want to tell you why I think we suppress that ability. Because if we have this open conduit to the rest of the world and we see spirits or have what we what people call hallucinations, people think you're nuts. That can't be real. And so you, we learn very fast in, in the Western society to ignore it, to shut it down. We teach, I think, our kids to stop allowing the conduit to be open. There are cultures around the world, but for example, seeing spirits is normal. Is is as no people see day to day, and people think you're fine. And people in those cultures, they don't find this at all unusual. But in the Western culture, we do, and I think that's what's going on. And when we do hypnosis, when we teach you to park your conscious mind in hypnosis and allow your subconscious mind to express itself, for some of my patients, this conduit opens, and they're able to access a lot of amazing material 
when we have this access to amazing material and we have this access to working with someone like you, I think we need to put it together. I think we need to put the idea that we are now in a process of discovery, just like the story you told, just like so many more in your book. And there's always this next part that's like, what now? Right. And I think we should talk about that a little bit because the stories, you know, and what you've shared, these are more than stories. These are transformational life events here for children. And yet they beautifully depict something. And then there may be more to do. Can you talk to that more to do? Sure. So once um, a child, well, oftentimes I forget when a child first came, came to see me because their initial symptom is gone. And once that happens, I will tell the child, do you want to keep working with me or are you done? And, and some children um, want to keep learning more about themselves. And that's when the amazing transformation can occur, whether they learn to become more creative, whether they can start channeling poetry and, and uh, producing poetry that they, they feel is just coming, flowing through them rather than from them. Um, a lot of great poets talk about uh, channeling poetry. Um, this is where uh, children can, can really gain insight in ways that they might not otherwise. A, a story in the book that uh, was very touching was of a young man who lost his uh, mother. His father had left him a, many years beforehand and the mother had just passed and he was in the grieving process. And I, I gave them opportunity to use hypnosis to interact with his mother. So he, he went into hypnosis, invited his mother to talk with him, and then he had an interaction with her, which he later said felt very real. He felt it was real, and his grief process changed completely. He, he, had, he got much further along than he had been. Um, and I've done this time and again with uh, children who have lost loved ones. Yeah. They have an experience which they believe is real, and while I can't say for sure, I believe it's real too. It feels very real. And the transformation you see is amazing. I think that's what you're talking about in terms of where we can go from here. Yeah. And I think this is why we're talking about it as, as you say in the book, changing children's lives with hypnosis, a journey to the center, because we're talking about real change. We're talking about you know, uh, for whatever the situation might be for a child, could be anything, it could be trauma, it could be so many things, you know, without having healing, without having an intervention around here, without having this solution that you present in the book, the child will go on with their lives, and they will carry all of this, whatever that this is with them. And that's really critical, because, you know, what if we could right? What if children, especially children now coming out of the pandemic, who don't even know the depth and the breadth of perhaps what, what they've seen, you know, there have been children now coming out of this that have watched both parents get drunk two or three nights a week. I mean, I'm just talking a little bit of stuff. But this is really now, this shouldn't be the anomaly to healing, right? What would it take? What is your vision to be able to bring this in and have this be more fully accepted, acknowledged, learned, and then delivered? Well, that's my daily question that I ask. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hypnosis in its modern form has been around 70 years. 
in the 1950s, both the American Medical Association and the British Medical Society said hypnosis is a legitimate tool for pain control in medicine. And yet, when I went to medical school in the 1980s, nobody ever talked to me about hypnosis. Um, and even today, people don't know about it. So there's been many people who have tried to get physicians to know about it, uh, but it falls on deaf ears, in part because it means you have to think differently about how to approach your patients. In part, it's because there's no pharmaceutical company saying, hey, prescribe hypnosis, prescribe hypnosis. It'll make us lots of money. Um, and in part, oh, hypnosis is so different. It takes a long time. All these misconceptions physicians have. So going through the uh, medical field to make this change doesn't seem to be very a very fast process. This is why I wrote this book. This book is written for the public. Changing Children's yeah. Lives with Hypnosis is written for the public, for parents, for clergymen, for teachers, for physicians, and but for children. Um, it's readable, and my hope is people will read it, say, hey, this really makes sense to me. I need to find out more about it. I'm going to tell my neighbor about it. So I'm hoping to start a grassroots movement through this book and through my book tour. I have to tell you, I'm a physician, a healer. I don't go around self-promoting. This is not, I mean, <laughs> or here I'm promoting, my, but I'm, I'm not self-promoting. I'm promoting this idea people can help themselves. And you're so right. There's so many people out there who could be helped who don't even realize there's an option out there. And that's my job, your job, and yeah. listeners to this broadcast. I'm hoping they take up the challenge to spread the word. Yeah. It, it, you know, when I reflect upon this, I love what you say on your website. I love what you say when you say hypnosis involves a shift in thinking pattern. To my patients, I define hypnosis as using your imagination to help yourself. I love that. I love that. You go on to talk about it even further. But one of the things that is so absolutely critical and important is how available this is. And, you know, if we could enable people to really look at this, they can go to your website, uh, centerpointhypnosis.com. They can get a copy of the book and they can read it for themselves. They can find out for themselves. But there's one word I haven't used yet. And in the couple minutes left, I would love to hear your comment on. And that is my personal experience of, of what happened to me. It was a pathway to a new freedom. It was a pathway to a new sense of self. And I didn't even know that until I was on the other side. But freedom isn't used enough in describing what can happen. What are your thoughts on that? I think that, I guess the parallel world that I would, word I would use is empowerment. Oh, yeah. I think when a, a child or an adolescent or an adult learns how they can help themselves through accessing their mind in a new way, that empowers them and that's the fuel for the freedom you speak about and i think that as we move forward in life mm -hmm. when we encounter a challenge and our first question is not oh can somebody help me overcome it but how can i help myself how can i think yeah. differently in this situation to overcome my obstacle as i did when i was perhaps younger and did hypnosis back then that gives you a freedom that you might not otherwise experience uh, I want to thank you for today. Again, tell everyone how to get a copy of the book, how to find out about you. And then I would love to know your personal message, what you'd like to leave us with today. So again, a copy of the book can be obtained through Centerpoint 
hypnosis.com or Dr. Anbar, D-R-A-N-B-A-R.com. Um, I hope you read the book. I hope you spread the word because this is the, uh, the main message. And as far as the personal message is, we are all on a journey. This life is a journey. Um, the journey that I think is most productive is a journey we take into mm. ourselves, into our center. Join us. Mm. And I want to just say to everybody, when you go to the website, Center Point Hypnosis, you're going to find a lot of tools there. Everything from a quiz you can download to take, to stories, to what people are saying about the book, uh, to what hypnosis is. And again, please reach out. You know, please reach out. Please contact Dr. Ambar. Please reach out. Ask your questions because that is the point of the beginning. That is the point when you're willing to say, let me check this out. Let me see if there's another way. And then from that point on, it's, it's like you say, we can change it. We can change the thought pattern. We can change our lives and we can carve a pathway that is so healing. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Thank you for writing, not just an inspirational book, but the stories are just fascinating. You know, there was a couple of them that I read over again, especially the one about Yogi Berra and the Yankees. I had to read that one over a couple of times. Um, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and I want to give a shout out to all of you. I know many of you have sent us emails and have asked us, how do we go about this? How do we heal? You know, what is the next step for us? What happens if we don't address some of the things we're seeing in our children? All I'm saying is go over, take a look at center point hypnosis, decide for yourself. But there's a lot of information here that might guide you to something you hadn't thought about doing before. Thank you, doctor. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you, Jacob. And thank you for being the best audience on the planet. We'll see you next time.